Tech fan number 12, Guy Gaz, this is the G-Man, plus me, Tim Robertson, a surprise guest at the very end, and I mangle, mangle, I tell you, all the hard work David did to record a monologue and send it in. Check it out. And it's time for Tech Fan. This is episode number 12. Yes, I know we're a week late and uh, totally my fault. You see, as I mentioned on the show before, I've got a full-time job. I work at Max Specialist in Chicago and Villa Park, Illinois, which is like three hours away from where I live. And But that's not why uh, I'm late. I'm late because uh, I did something very foolish and uh, I'll get into that in a second. But first, I want to introduce my co-host today from the MyMac Show, Guy and Gaz. Hey, guys. Hey. Good evening. The, Good afternoon. Good the, morning. The G-Men. The G-G-G-G-G-Men. Don't F with us. Don't F with us. You'll get to the G. Yeah, it's cool having you guys on. I was kind of hoping that Chad Perry... Would be here for the tech fan. Unfortunately, he's not going to show up for about another 55 minutes, mm. at which point we'll be done with tech fan and I'll be recording a geekier show ever with Chad. But uh, that would have been kind of fun. I mean, it would have been the, the first Tim, two. You're, Tim, you're just a podcasting slut, aren't I, you? Really? I am. I am. Speaking of podcasting, <laughs> uh, and you guys mentioned it on episode 325 of the MyMac show, there's a that new just MyMac. Came out. Yeah. Yep. There's a new MyMac related podcast. It's called. Pocket Size Podcast from Scott Wilsey. Brand new podcast. Uh, episode number one went up uh, on December 18th. I know he's very excited to be podcasting, and um, he pretty much came to me with a complete show saying, hey, do you want to publish this? I mean, it's it's not like I said, hey, you should podcast. and I, it, it was a done deal. This was going to happen regardless of our involvement. And uh, I listened to it, and I said, yeah, I'd be happy to put it up online. So, yeah, I know. I know when um, uh, when Scott came on, it was one of the weeks when uh, uh, Gaz was was working. I think over in Belgium, and I had Scott and Owen on as a as yep. guest hosts. That was a good show, by the way. I really liked that one. Yeah, it was. Well, I mean, Owen, you can put a microphone in front of Owen, and, and he'll go for a couple of hours. So. Yeah, I know. I actually, <laughs> I actually told him and David Cohen to shut up a couple of shows ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I might have heard that one. <laughs> But but uh, Scott was I mean was Scott was a real natural. I, yes. He was a little nervous when we first started out, as you know most people are when they do it for the first time. But I mean he got into the flow of it with absolutely no problem whatsoever. Yeah, and so his pocket size podcast is going to be, from what I gather, maybe less than a half hour per episode, and he's got someone coming in to co-host with him as well. Cool. Whether it's going to be a regular basis or a semi-regular basis, I don't know. But in yeah. the meantime, it's up, it's live, and uh, you can listen to it at any time. I sent him an email saying that uh, if, if, he, if he wanted to guess that I was more than happy to come on with him. Do you realize – go ahead. I was, you know, the other thing I was going to say is, Scott, you need to get me a promo, man, and I'll, and I'll run it on the MyMac show. Like 30-second promo. Yeah, here's the thing. We really need all the podcasts to kind of get on board together as far as self-promotion because I don't know if you guys realize this, but right now – 
under the MyMac.com podcasting umbrella, there's five shows now. There's the MyMac show, which is you and uh, Gaz. Right. There's now the Pocket Sized Podcast with Scott. There's App Minute, which up until now has pretty much been Sam Levin. Right, just Sam. Right, but we're expanding that. I did one episode talking about Lego Harry Potter for iOS, and Michael Manna, who does the T4 show and is, um, oh, what is the name? Something Richards. Stevie Richards in uh, professional wrestling. I know. Who, who would have thunk? Um, <laughs> <laughs> he just did a show, and he's going to contribute more. And I've also talked to the MyMac staff, and there's at least three other people that are very interested and now the At Minute podcast is only like two or three minutes long each, so they're pretty simple to produce. Sure. And then we have Tech Fan, which we're doing right now. I'm sorry, what was that last one? Uh, I don't know, something something about uh, <laughs> os- oscillating fans or ceiling fans. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I love that promo that uh, David did. I, I liked it, too. That was great. And then Geekiest Show Ever, which uh, I do with Chad Perry. So, occasionally. Yeah, occasionally. I, that's the one that's kind of taken the back seat. And that's five shows that we're producing uh, pretty much on a weekly basis, which I think is amazing. Well, that's at minute, good. depending on how many people we get, you know, other other than Sam to do it, it'll probably be, end up being two or three times a week maybe. Oh, at least. And that's kind of what we wanted to get at minute too. Um, now, at minute has its own URL, but technically it's a subdomain. <laughs> if you go there, you can't tell, but at minute is technically a subdomain of mymac.com. <laughs> Uh, so, so, so are you saying you're looking for anybody to throw you a an app minute or somebody to do it on a regular basis, Tim? Or no, it's just it? an occasional thing. I mean, if somebody wants to contribute regularly, that's fine. Uh, it's real easy to do, too, because what Sam does and what I'm encouraging anybody to do, if you want to do a two- or three-minute podcast occasionally, there is the Voice Memo recording app right on your iPhone. Yep. You can literally record it there and email it from the app directly to me, tim at mymac.com. And we could probably turn it into an app minute. It's pretty cool. I think it's a yeah. it's a great idea, and it gets more people involved in app minute. It helps grow that show, and it's just fun to do. I mean, that's why I did it. I mean, I, you know, I, as if I didn't have enough to do, I'm just going to go up and do an app minute podcast. But I was really excited about this Lego Harry Potter game. I didn't want to record a whole tech fan about it, so I thought, yeah, I'm just going to do an app minute. That'll be cool. So I just Excellent. sat down and did it. It's easy. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I should do. I should do one of those. I've Lord knows yeah. I've bought a bunch of of uh, iOS games. And, Absolutely. And I, you, I think you and you and me both should perhaps uh, throw one in there for uh, for the App Minute podcast. But you on. know, we need to start kind of promoting the other shows in more of a cohesive fashion, if you will. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how to do that yet. Well, we're doing our bit by God. You are, and and actually, the MyMac.com podcast is the only one that's consistently uh, advertising the other shows. At, the App Minute show is a little hard to promote other shows because it's only a two-and-a-half, three-minute <laughs> podcast. You, you have a commercial, and you've doubled the length of the show. <laughs> but, you know, we could get a little creative at the end of it or something. Um, Perhaps we should have one called Ad Minute. Ad Minute. There you go. Yeah. Well, and, and as far as the MyMac show goes, I mean, there's there's, you know, the, the problem is is that when Gaz and I do a promo for the MyMac show, we try to be, like, uh, let's just say overly creative 
and so there's like this whole backstory that's going on inside of the commercial. It's like, no, we just need to say, listen to the MyMac.com podcast with Guy and Gaz. Thank you. Good night. And we never do that. It's always got to be more complicated than that. Yes, I, yes, I know God. the feeling. <laughs> yeah. So this this episode obviously is going to be just chit-chat kind of. Uh, I do have a 10-minute monologue from David Cohen that he sent in before he went on vacation. And we'll pop that into the show here in a second. But first, before we do that, Gaz, you've got a David Cohen story. Yeah, this is this just, well, it didn't blow me away, but I just thought it was so incredibly coincidental. It was just amazing. Some months ago, I decided to take the family down to London um, over the Christmas period to see the Regent Street and Oxford Street lights. And I decided also to take them on the yeah, that's um, actually the wheel. Yeah, the London Eye, uh, and we decided to go in the evening on the London Eye because I've, I've been around the London Eye during the day uh, and obviously seen uh, the views of London from there. But we decided to do it at night to see London, you know, with the lights. Now, I was panicking a little bit because uh, the weather forecast was for fog, but as it happened, it was um, a, a clear... A, a, yeah. Unheard <laughs> Incredible. of. Incredible. Anyway, I decided to... Uh, booking overnight at a travel lodge um, which is near Covent Garden and I did this months and months ago and it took me double the length of time to get down to London than it would normally so there's one thing that's happening okay it took me four and a half hours to get down there. is that Should just everyone been... going down to see the Christmas lights and I I don't know there seemed to be a real bad uh, section of motorway which is normally fairly clear and it it took us like Two and two, two and a half hours to get through this section, oh, which was wow. only about thirty miles long. It was oh, really that's bad. brutal. And well, um, welcome but, to Washington DC. I mean, it was yeah, it was like you know the, the, the temperature like mi- yeah. minus seven and a half midday. So you know that's that's cold for us. I know it's not cold for other people, but it it's cold for over here. Anyway, so we get down to London and we finally get down to a time and we look at the clock. We think, well, we may as well go straight to the hotel, dump the bags, and then we can shoot off. So I'm in the queue to get ready um, uh, to obviously log in because there's a queue for the, you know, the the person behind the reception and they've got these automated machines. And this woman turned around and said, I can't get it to work. You have a go. So, you know, I'm stood there and I hear this voice. And I thought, I recognize that voice. That's a certain lawyer from the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> and I tapped this guy on the shoulder and I said, good afternoon, David. And he turns round, and it's Mr. Cohen. <laughs> what did he say? Was he amazed? Yeah, yeah. It, what are you doing here? Well, I could ask the same of you, David. And unfortunately, <laughs> suddenly his eyes went all shifty. Yeah, yeah he, he went, yeah, are you following me? <laughs> <laughs> I was only messing about with that lawyer thing, he said. I was only messing about. I didn't really mean to have a go. It was, uh, That's so hilarious. There was a there was a complete coincidence, you know, because of all the hotels, of all the hotels and all the towns and all the places, <laughs> you happen to pick English, this one. English bogey. Well, speaking <laughs> of David Cohen, I haven't listened to this, and I'm actually not even going to listen to it right now. I'm not going to listen to it until after the show's live, and uh, I'll probably listen to this driving to Chicago Monday morning after Christmas. Uh, so let's let's drop this in real quick and of course you guys aren't going to be able to hear it either so we won't even be able to comment on it but still uh here it is hello tech fan listeners this is david cohen here as those of you who listen to the show fairly regularly will know 
I normally record this with Tim when I'm around. Unfortunately this week we've not been able to do that. Uh, real life has gotten in the way for both of us. Tim in particular is snowed under with work. Um, but given that this is probably the last opportunity in this year for me to podcast to you, I didn't want to let it go by without appearing on the show at all. So I decided to record something and send it through to Tim and uh, he'll either slot it in the show or he'll uh, he'll respond or comment to it and uh, we'll kind of see how it goes from there. And then just in case anyone's wondering, the music and the long pauses between what David's saying was not there when he sent it to me. As you know, we tend to do things fairly freeform on tech fans, so... too wound up about about how you end up hearing this but I did want to take the opportunity to have a little bit of a rant and get something off my chest actually Um, God knows that when you follow the tech news uh, particularly on the internet uh, but even in the conventional media you can see and hear and and pick up comments on all sorts of things that you can think are are either a a misrepresentation or a misunderstanding or uh, Often that can be um, inadvertent, but a lot of times it's quite deliberate. Um, however, there is one thing that I keep hearing over and over again that kind of really winds me up because it's it's used to justify various other things in um, various other kind of rumours or positions about what Apple might be doing, um, and it. As a justification, it just doesn't really hold any water at all. Uh, and the, the topic I'm talking about is Apple's famed North Carolina data center. Now, for those who, who haven't come across this before, um, effectively about 18 months ago, um, it was announced that Apple was looking to buy some land in North Carolina with a view to building a data center. And a, a data center basically is a big concrete shed that is filled up with racks and racks of servers. Um, in an enterprise organisation, which Apple obviously in its back-end systems is, what you do is you um, you buy a, a shed-like um, structure or you build one, you fill it full of air conditioning, and then you put in racks and racks of servers and uh, a big fat network connection or set of network connections, and you operate um, obviously all your servers from a facility like that. Now, since this was announced, and it... it it first came to the fore because North Carolina, the North Carolina authorities were going to offer Apple some fairly hefty tax incentives to actually build this facility in a fairly rural part of North Carolina. Um, since this uh, this announced and it's then been developed and the facility is now actually built and virtually ready to go live, there's been all this speculation um, in the internet about what it's for. And, well, well it started with speculation. Um, it then became justification 
So whatever theory anybody might have had about new services that Apple might be providing, you will hear this North Carolina data center referenced, sometimes by some fairly distinguished people in the tech community, um, as a as a possible piece of evidence to justify whatever their theory is. Sadly, I'm here to tell you that, uh, in my opinion, and I do have some um, some technical discussion that I'm going to go into to justify this, um, anybody who says that really doesn't know what they're talking about uh, and doesn't actually understand how these things work. Um, it's To say that a data center is going to be used to provide a new online service is kind of like saying, well, I'm going to buy a new Mac to run a different word processor. The, the two things don't line up because you don't build a data center facility to do a particular thing. In fact, that's absolutely the last thing you want to do. If you think about what a data center is, it's, you know, 100, 200, depends on how big it is, 500, 1,000 uh, individual servers. Uh, and obviously each of those individual servers can do different things. Um, it's, they're just running software after all. So you don't custom design a data center to do one thing. Uh, Amazon will have data centers um, that provide their e-commerce system, the Amazon website. Uh, and then they'll have servers that actually do all the um, all the back-end order management and processing for those for their website. And then they'll have servers that do the uh, logistics of, of storing books in their warehouse and figure out where they go. And then they'll have other servers that go that handle all the logistics of buying in the books and paying their affiliates and running their S3 service and, um, you know, sending book, electronic books out to the Kindles. Will they do all of that, um, in each of those functions, in a separate building? No, that'd be crazy to do that. They'll have a set of data centers, and those data centers will do all of those things. In exactly the same way, Apple has a set of services they need to run. They need to operate their website. They need to operate their e-commerce system that's used in their website and their retail to allow you to buy things. They need to use. Uh, they need to obviously run the iTunes Store, the App Store, their application development um, approval process. Um, hundreds and hundreds of different things that they need servers for, and and obviously Apple already has data centers that do that. And I guarantee you they're not all in Cupertino because what you don't want to do is put all your eggs in one basket and put all your back-end computing in one building because if something happens to that building, if there's a fire or the power goes out or um, as frequently happens on projects I work on, somebody's doing some construction nearby and puts a digger, a digger blade through a cable and disconnects the network, then you don't want all of those services you run out of that building to be to be um, cut off but by the same token you don't want to build a separate building for each of those services because these buildings aren't cheap they're not cheap to buy they're not cheap to build and more most importantly of all they're not cheap to run you have a lot of computers in one space and you need to cool all of that which means the energy demands of each of these buildings is enormous so you will be crazy to actually put a building in for every single function you need to do um, for every single back-end service you need to do. What you do is you actually have a data center building and it does everything you need to do in the back-end. And then you have another one so that if one goes down, the other one takes up the load. And if you're smart and if you're big, like somebody like Google, for instance, you probably have 
you know, 20, 30 of those distributed around the world so that you can actually maintain your operations and do functions on those things and uh, apply patches to your servers and everything on a 24 by 7 basis. You effectively follow the sun so that uh, whenever, uh, wherever you are in the world, at some point it's daylight and people are working and they can address any issues you've got. And Apple will be exactly the same way. So this new data center will just be an extension of what they already do and it will share the load of what they already do. That's not to say they're not going to bring on new services, streaming iTunes or um, all the different things that have been talked about as possibilities, you know, a new TV service, a a pay-as-you-go TV service, um, you know, a, a full subscription iTunes model. They could do any of those things. Um, but the fact they're building a new data center and implementing, implementing a new data center does not support or deny any of those potential possibilities at all. It's just completely unrelated to the likelihood of Apple doing or not doing any of those things. So I'm saying to you, if you hear somebody talk about that with any thought of authority, or even if they speculate with it, they just don't really understand what Uh, data center computing is actually all about data center computing is pretty much what um, steve jobs said when he made that famous comment about a truck it is effectively commoditizing computing to do something else it's not something you do specifically to support a new activity or a new service so (laughs) i've really wanted to get that off my chest for a while and actually put put that forward in hopefully what i think is a coherent manner um Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you have a different perspective? Is there something that I missed? Let us know. Tim will give you all the details about how to get hold of us. So um, please, if you want to respond to that, I'd love to hear from it. Now, as I said, this is likely to be my last opportunity to speak to you before uh, the end of the year. So I hope those of you listening uh, who follow the podcast and follow what we do here at the uh, MyMac family of podcasts, Have uh, a very merry uh, Christmas or other holiday, depending on your particular religious affiliation, and uh, and certainly have a an enjoyable New Year. I hope you get some time off and some time spent with the family. Uh, And uh, Tech Fan and the other MyMac podcasts will be here in the New Year, hopefully to continue to keep you entertained and interested. Thanks very much. And I'm sure it was brilliant, even though I haven't heard it yet. <laughs> I'm just blown away by what David said. That was I just, I, 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 this is living on the edge. This is. <laughs> that was that was like 10 minutes, and of course for us it was what, 15 seconds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like the Doctor Who theme tune <laughs> interjected here. Well, you, you know what's weird is uh, the, the way Gaz and I do the show, or the way we used to do the show, was we would get to each one of our breaks and then, you know, if we had a guest on, he, you know, they and Gaz would talk while I was putting in the commercials and the music and all that. And the last couple of weeks, I've basically just said, you know what, I'll just, I'll just do that later. You know, so I'll just, I'll just end the segment. And then like a few seconds later, we'll start up the other segment. Yeah, it works because especially if you have guests, they don't want to be sitting there waiting while you're doing something. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all right. It's all right when it's just me. I don't have a, a problem with that. And, you know, guy, you know, always asks. And I said, no, just get on with it. But when we've got guests, you're, you're right. Right. You, you can, you've got to get on with it. Well, really. plus, if it's the two of you, you could probably actually lend some advice on what he's doing as far as editing. But when you got yeah, a guest well, there, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> well, he often asks me for what music to put in. And I go, 
Pinto. I don't know. How about a 20-minute uh, montage to the Pink Panther? That'll work. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, that was two and a half minutes. Oh, That's- God. Two and a half minutes I'll never get back. Here's the problem. You couldn't you couldn't understand half the goddamn words they were saying. It was so muffled. It was... With the MP3 compression, it just it it sounded terrible. And it's not your fault. It just didn't come out very well once it was compressed. And well, I'm like, I, I listened to it. I, I I didn't have any course. I recorded. You put it, it so. together, right? Yeah. But as someone sitting in line at McDonald's waiting for his breakfast sandwich, listening to it this morning, uh, I couldn't understand probably twenty five percent of what I was hearing. Hmm. Okay, uh, I'll uh, have to. Go back and listen. Not that it matters now. No, but I'll yeah. go back and listen. <laughs> Pull it out. I insist. <laughs> so, you know, you know what, in, in the first segment, and I don't know if Gaz will remember this, uh, I mentioned the, the, the phone number, the Skype number for the MyMac.com mm-hmm. podcast, uh-huh. and I said the wrong number. Did you really? Yeah. So, because uh, typically what I do is, is I, you know, after the show is recorded and I've done all the edit points and all that. I'll export it and then turn it into an MP3, and then I'll drop that into iTunes, and I'll listen to the entire show myself before I post it up to you guys online to see if there's anything I have to change. So when I did that on, on uh, what was it, Wednesday morning, I was driving to work, and I'm listening to it. It's like, oh, I put the wrong damn number in. So I had to go back into GarageBand, and then in that little section where I say the phone number, and it was it actually came out pretty seamless. I re-recorded the, the I couldn't tell the difference I couldn't tell the difference that you edited that I, I didn't hear it at all yeah well it came out it came out really really smooth and you know and the other weird thing was how many times did did GarageBand do a drive dump on his oh, gas that was just incredible I thought that, I thought you was going to throw your machine out the window to be honest with you yeah it was like three times I, I got the disc error too slow yeah Yep. And then we would have to stop, and, and I would have to go back and listen to, like, the last 10, 15 seconds to remember what it was we were talking about. We and were pretty you, lucky, though, really, Guy, weren't we? Because you, you, you kind of caught it fairly early. Um, yeah, well, with, that's yeah. because I, I keep an eye on it now, you yeah. know, because it happens so often with this with this terribly older machine that, that <laughs> no, I won't go there. I won't go there. You know, actually, it's not even the machine because I've got a newer machine here, and it happens to me quite often. In fact, I'm really taking a chance right now because I'm really running low on internal hard drive space. And uh, that kind of leads me into why I didn't have a show last week and why it's amazing and amazingly stupid that I'm actually spending the time to record a show right now. Um, <laughs> as I said, I've got the full-time job. Right. But I had a credit union come to me about – two weeks ago, wanting to know if I would do a video project that is due on December 27th. And yeah, yeah. So it didn't sound like it was going to be that big of a project initially, but I still didn't really want to do it. So I threw out a retardedly high price to do it, thinking they would see that price, that quote, and go, uh no, <laughs> all right. And then, much to your surprise, <laughs> they, they got it and they said okay. And I went, oh damn it! Don't. <laughs> I should have to do it. <laughs> I gotta do it now, crap. And so I went to a meeting two weeks ago, right after they accepted, and uh, they gave me this big stack of paper, which is the Uh-oh. the the outline and the script and all that, and it's a much larger project than. 
I was led to believe, oh my God. And here's the problem. I have, I had one day to film it, (laughs) just one day. And I did that last week. And if you don't get it on film on the one day, you're not ever going to get it. I mean, that's, yeah, you know, so I get everybody back together. No, no, absolutely not. So I had the one day, so I filmed the whole thing. And I, I did a major screw-up. I meant to record everything widescreen, and I didn't. And oh, I didn't realize did it. it. Standard depth. Yes, 4 by 3. Yeah, 640 by, what, 480? Yes, and I'm like, oh. Now, I could still clean it up in, in uh, Final Cut Pro to make it look good, but I can't make it any larger. And they have so much text they want on the screen while somebody is talking that it's just going to look terrible. It's just going to look horrible. Now, so couldn't you leave it in 4 by 3 and put the text rolling down the sides? I could, but then you have white text over black, and then you have yeah, just yeah. this partial squarish video on this. It just won't well, look is, good. Is the, uh, is, is the background all a single color? No. Ah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if it was a single color, you could do that. You could do that same color on the side and roll the text. Or if it was all one color, I could, you know keyframe it out but yeah i don't have that kind of time and it's not all one color anyways so i knew i was going to have this last week in the hotel room in chicago to work on it as well as today today is by the way as we record this the day before christmas so it's december 24th and for which i want to thank both of you guys to for taking a little bit of time of your holiday vacation away from the family to do the tech fan i appreciate that Oh, you'll pay later, too. <laughs> Good time and a half, right? <laughs> Christmas Eve day night, and you're podcasting. Yeah. So I, I had a choice. I could do the whole thing in a video editor and try to kind of cobble this together, but I came up with something that I thought would be kind of a brilliant idea. Now, I can't tell you if it's going to work or not because, (laughs) no, I've done most of it. I just haven't exported it yet, so we'll see. Um, I'm doing the whole thing in Keynote. All the video is the same size on the same, you know, on one side of the page. It never changes. The, The video itself changes for the different slides. But when they're talking about something, because I'm using Keynote, I can very accurately have that text with transitions and everything appear on the screen right when they mention it. Well, you could you could have done the same thing with um, uh, what's that program within Final Cut Express? Right, uh, but here's the thing: you'd, live type. Right, but then you'd have just the black background. No, no, you can change the color of the background. But with Keynote, I can actually use themes. That's true. So with this theme, it actually looks kind of like a spiral notebook. Uh, it's one of the built-in themes, and it's coming out really well, at least, you know, uh, pre-export into... Yeah, well, what, does, what, does, what will Keynote export as? Just uh, a movie file, and then you'll have to change that to MPEG-4 or something? Well, or? It, it goes out as a move file, but here's the problem. When you export out of Keynote as a movie, it still understands that QuickTime file understands where all the breaks are, so you have to hit the space bar to advance it. Just like you would a regular Keynote, which well, I think you, is... You can turn that off. You can? Yeah, you can turn that off in Keynote. Well, you can either go with fixed timing, which I don't want because each slide is different, or uh, hyperlinks, I think it's called. 
There's a couple different choices. No matter what I've done, guy, it doesn't do that. It doesn't play it all the way through without uh, screwing uh, well, up the timing. I don't want to open up Keynote right now. But, yeah, um, me neither. <laughs> but, I think you, you could do it as a single slide and then do transitions between your, your you know, just have different text boxes that, that come in and come out and do transitions between those. Oh, God, that would take forever. One... Sorry? That would take forever. It would be almost impossible to edit. Because during the editing process, you're going to see all the text at the same time. Well, no, you could use um, uh, opacity. Well, but yeah, then you got to remember to go back and turn it on and turn it on. That's, eh, that would kill me. You're trying to kill okay. me. That's what you're doing. Guy's good at that. He's Guy's trying to good. kill me. It's funny. It's funny you should um, say you're using video in Keynote because I've heard a, I've heard a few people doing that before and saying it's quite successful. So well, because of the saw the size of the actual video that I'm using the 640 by 480, I thought this would be a good solution because I can actually make the video smaller in Keynote, and it would look even better because it's compressing it. Yeah. Yeah, and then when so, I'm all so, done with this, I'm going to export it out, bring it into Final Cut Pro, make all my audio adjustments, lay in the soundtrack, and then export it out, bring it into iDVD because they want an, a DVD at the end. I was just going to ask you what what format they're looking for. Well, I'm going to put it on a flash drive so they can use that to uh, put it up on their website, and I'm yeah. also going to put it on an actual DVD, and I'm going to use iDVD to do that. So, so this is this is only for an online kind of commercial they don't know they don't know how they're going to they've never done this before and they realize that they really should have been planning this out at least four to six months ago instead of like three weeks out <laughs> um but you know it is what okay. it is they have you they have you to dump on yeah but <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing uh, guy you probably remember i did the simpsons video project sure and that was just an insane amount of stuff to do in a very, very short time frame. And the person that I did that project with that helped me actually works at this credit union. She's the one that brought this to me. And so she knows that I work really well under very, very tight deadlines. In fact, the tighter the deadline, the better my work is because I'm just yeah. completely focused on it, just doing it, it that. It doesn't give you time to think about it. No. You, you just have to come up with a creative solution and run yeah. with it. Even if it's not the right one, you don't have time to change it. And that's that's the thing right there. If this doesn't work, what I'm doing right now, I don't have a backup plan. Because yeah, some, so, so, sometimes having too much time can cause all sorts of, you know, should I do this, should I do that? And then you, you go down one yeah. route and then you decide that's wrong and you try and max mix it up with something else. So, you, yeah, you tight, know, tight yeah, schedule. You, you start schedule try, yeah, you start trying you. to second-guess yourself. You yeah. know what else it's good for? When you give the final product to the company, to the client, and it's not exactly what they wanted, well, what are you going to say? <laughs> <laughs> you only gave me two and a half weeks to do this damn thing. <laughs> You're lucky it's not an Etch-A-Sketch. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but how do you do transitions on an Etch-A-Sketch? <laughs> well, you got to shake really hard and draw really fast. <laughs> Real fast. It's really hard on the wrists, but it's worth it. Um <laughs> You know what I was thinking when I was listening to the MyMac podcast, uh, 325, this morning? This is the end of December 2010. This marks six years that I've been podcasting. Yeah. Because wow. uh, Allison said on 325 that she's been doing it five and a half years. And, yeah, I and she's up to 291 or 292. Right. And MyMac's at 325 now. Um, and we skipped a couple. Yeah, I know. But we've also had a couple that were more than one in yeah, one well, week that's true. because I keep of the Mac about world. Mac world, where we get like two or three out. Right. 
And uh, so this is actually, it was the end of December 2004 when I started the MyMac show. So this is literally six years that I've been podcasting. Six years that the MyMac show has been online. Yep. That's that's incredible. It, it really is when you figure that 2004 is the year that podcasting started. I mean, it didn't exist until 2004. So we've been well, podcasting in, since the very beginning, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Well, funnily enough, I didn't start listening to podcasts until I started getting interested in, in Apple stuff. And that's, you know, that fifth gen Apple iPod uh, was the one that uh, actually got me more interested. And it was like that gateway drug. Do you think that Mac users are bigger podcast listeners than PC users? I, n- I never listened to any podcasts when I was a Windows person. It, they, it just didn't – I mean, I, I knew about them, but it just didn't cross my mind to go out and listen to any. Now, was well, it be- – go ahead, Guy. If, if you go into iTunes and search for tech podcasts, you'll find that the majority of them, certainly much higher than, than what Apple's uh, market share is, are either Apple or Mac-related podcasts. So here's my question. Do you think that that's related to, A, it's easy to do it on the Mac – or B, Mac user just generally more enthusiastic about the technology than an average PC user. Enthusiastic and have a passion. I yeah. think that's the word because you need you need to have to uh, have to have a passion to do this week in week out. I think. I think uh, there's a third choice there too. I think Mac users are typically more social than PC users. <laughs> you think though that podcasting is really a, about. The social, uh, the vast majority sure. of the podcasts that are out there, guy is one guy sitting in his office or his basement or a studio or whatever talking to nobody. It's just him. He's okay, talking into the, a ma- it microphone. Still, it still doesn't matter because the, the people that typically listen to podcasts are people that before that would listen to, say, talk radio where they – would I wouldn't call those the social a, people out there. Well, no, but they, they would identify with a particular DJ or a particular station. And now on the, the Mac side of things where they can get all this free content, most of it without commercials, they're doing kind of the same thing. They're finding you know anywhere from one to five different podcasts that they enjoy listening to. And typically it's not necessarily because it's a Mac podcast, though that might be what initially gets their attention it's because of the person that's actually doing the podcast yeah what do you think yeah now think about the, you used to do the owc radio show right okay which ostensibly was it just one long commercial i mean yeah yeah it well, was and it wasn't yeah but it didn't sound when, like once you left Tim, once you left sound. once you left I would be willing to bet that their their listenership went way off because people were following you as compared to following the OWC radio podcast. Yeah, if they would have started one from scratch, they would have they still would have be building up to what I had in from day one. Yeah. But but I, that's kind of cheating because I mean I came into that um, December of last year, so basically five years podcasting, I had a listenership. Exactly. So yeah, that's kind of cheating, and I'm sure that a lot of people did stop listening. And I had, I, I, well, I've a seen a couple of the re- listening. A lot of people stopped listening to the MyMac show when you left, and it, it's taken David Gaz and I quite some time to to rebuild the audience up. Yeah, I think that the MyMac listeners now are not necessarily the same listeners that were doing that were there when I was. I'm sure some of them are. Don't get me wrong. And, and that's, but that's the thing. You see, one we're talking about podcast in general and why it happens to be, I think, a, a bit of an Apple phenomenon is because of the amount of 
information, technology, and discussion points that there are around Apple and Apple products. I just don't see that amount of discussion points going on in other parts of the industry. You have to pull lots of parts of the industry together to make lots of discussion points. Whereas even in a quiet week, we can talk about Apple and oh, people absolutely. want to listen. Yeah, and people want true. to listen. And I, and I think that's a, a big part of why podcasting seems to do so well in the Apple world because people and then and when you listen week in week out you get used to who you're listening to and you become you know you become as though or you feel as if you know them and you know if they miss a week oh, you know where are they I, I wonder if they're all I, right you I get I got email I got email from last week people going are you still doing tech fan it's like I missed one week yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and this is only what show 21, 12 22 12. This is Tech Fan 12? 12. Oh, I thought you'd done more than that. No, this is number 12. It just seems <laughs> like more. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's all part of, uh, you know, the whole uh, Apple environment and it's uh, people like listening to it but you do i think you know you said an important point there some about the it's not the same listening audience to the my Mac show now than it was you know a few years ago no but i think that's the same for a lot of shows i the agree listening audience will change because, and i think that's know, a good thing too yeah yeah absolutely i mean we were talking very briefly before uh, guy came online about you know uh, listening to different sorts of podcasts and there's a lot of podcasts I've given up on, and I've listened to different stuff now. And it's a constant road. You know, when you get in the car and you don't have podcasts or CDs, you listen to the radio, um, you change the channel occasionally. You see what else is there to listen to. But personally, yeah. I think the Mac is something that's very easy to podcast about. And yes. I've had this discussion before. If you can't think of an idea for podcasting, simply open up your applications folder. Yeah. I mean, I just did that. Okay, I've got Adobe Acrobat 9 Pro and Adobe After Effects CS5. Those are the right at the top of my list there. Well, there's a show right there. Pixelmator. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, but there's – and I was going to mention this to you, Guy. You, you said that you just bought Pixelmator. There's actually yeah. a podcast, um, and I'll see – I'll try and open iTunes and, and grab the name for you. Oh, and cool. there's a podcast out there that does tutorials um, on, on Pixelmator. Which, uh, what, I it, hope they're video tutorials. Yes, yes, they are. Okay. Yes, they are. And you know, it's just incredible what people will do, exactly to Tim's point. Open up your applications folder and <laughs> people will start looking at creating podcasts. Right, and that's what I've told people in the past. If you can't, don't do a new show. Don't talk about mm. what's happening yeah, right too now. Many of those. Well, and plus yeah. your show is dated. If someone misses a couple episodes and they want to go back and listen, it's just so dated. I can't tell you how many times I'll miss, like, um, a Mac break weekly. So I think, oh, I missed two shows. I'll go back and listen to them. And I start listening. And they're speculating yeah. on something that has already happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it just takes the punch out of everything. There's, you know, it, it, otherwise you're listening to it thinking, yeah, I kind of agree with them. Oh, I think that might happen. Now it's like, nope, you're wrong. You're wrong. He, they're making great points, but they're completely wrong because the events already happened. So yeah, I think it's yeah, better. The, well, the My Mac show stays for the most part stays away from news unless it's things like major. Right, like if it's I a new product that just came out. Yeah, right. exactly. And you know but, when the Mac app launches uh, next year in just a few weeks, really. Yeah. That there's a couple shows right there, sure. 
Sure. And it's actually going to make the MyMac show easier to do because instead of just having yeah. the iOS pick of the week, you can yeah. have a Mac pick of the week. And yeah. you don't have to hunt all over the yeah. Internet to try to we've find had, a Mac one. We've gotten a couple of emails saying, you know, you guys, all you guys talk about is the iOS for your app. It's pick. because it's easy to find. And that's all there is right now. Yep. For the most part. Um, another just, one that would be just, good... jump, just jumping back that yeah. if you just do a search in iTunes for Pixelmator and just type in Pixelmator there's one uh, it's called um, it's from a person called Sebastian uh, and it's uh, uh, a little podcast about using Pixelmator and it's it's not regular regular but it, you know there's plenty of them there and they come out so take a look at that if you're using Pixelmator guy all right cool yeah because I've got I just picked up um, photo, you know the new version of Photoshop Elements. And it's 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 nice, but the the way everything is laid out, unless you already know what all the tools do, it's kind of hard to get into it. It, it, yeah. it. Even even though it's the you know quote unquote light version, there's still you know there still should be easier ways to to have the tools laid out so that the average user knows where they are. Well, it's it's funny talking about uses of applications. I've, I've been trying to encourage my girls to you know get onto the Mac and use it for other stuff than just doing email and and yeah. you know checking Facebook. And this Christmas, they've started to use iMovie and put together clips of their friends that have got you know to wish them a merry christmas and then we've obviously exported them put them into um uh, idvd to then also dump a load of the photos of their friends and they've been creating them for their from their friends and you know they've they've now got into using uh iMovie and i'm watching them doing it thinking i didn't know that i didn't know, i didn't <laughs> yeah. know that isn't that fun though when you see that yeah, yeah. i love that i i Great. you know you're you're relatively new still to the Yep. Apple Universe. Let me ask yep. you, would you be interested in a program that did word processing? This is one program, word processing, spreadsheet, database, drawing, painting, and presentation. Do you think that would be popular on the Mac? <sighs> and, and they did them all fairly well. <sighs> okay. Knowing a little bit about how technology works and how much resource that particular application would take, I'd be very wary. I'd also be wary at how good one application could could do that, knowing the way people complain about iTunes being, you know, uh, jack of all trades and master of none. What do you think, Guy? And, and I'd be um, concerned from that p- perspective for an application to be, you know, to do all, all of those things. My guess is that it already exists and has existed for a long time. <laughs> it was called it was called AppleWorks. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I've and got it's it. Gone now. I've got it in my applications folder, and Gaz, it actually did a, a fairly good job at all of those things. Nothing spectacular, but if you had Just someone enough. new to a Mac, yeah, you know they could draw. And this was actually AppleWorks actually came from Claris Works, um, yeah. so it was well, a very actually, mature. Actually, uh, what? Claris works and then Apple works. No, because it was it yes. was uh, no, it was yes. it was Apple first. <laughs> no, it wasn't because because they no, Apple wasn't. spun off Claris. Yes, but it was Claris their, works and they took their Office program and yes. turned it into Claris works. No, now now now, ladies, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. Claris works was first. I had that. Um, it was built into my Performa 410. The last version I have of AppleWorks is AppleWorks 6 from 2002, when Apple pretty much abandoned it. 
but yeah, ClojureWorks was definitely first. Okay, no, you're wrong. AppleWorks was an integrated software package for the Apple II platform released in 1984 by Apple Computer. Technically, yes, but that wasn't the code base that they used for ClarisWorks. Well, no, you wouldn't use a code base from the early 80s in, in a product that was built in the 90s. Right, but they did use ClarisWorks code base to roll it into AppleWorks when they basically stopped having ClarisWorks as a subsidiary of Apple Computer and they just reabsorbed it. Okay, well, actually, I go a little bit farther down in this wiki article, and it turns out you are right. The modern incarnation of AppleWorks started life as ClarisWorks, published by Claris, the file extension of AppleWorks and ClarisWorks, blah, 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 blah. Now answer me, the, now answer me this then, Tim. Uh-huh. Okay, so, th- so there was an application out there that did all of those things. Yep. But it's died. Yes. Why, why do you think it died? You know, that's, that was always a lot of speculation surrounding that. No one ever really understood why, because it was a great solution. Uh, it really wasn't cross-platform compatible. Right. And, well, there was a version for Windows, though. Yeah, well, there was plugins uh, as well that you could open up Word documents, and you could also export for a Word document, but it really didn't work very well. Honestly, I think because it was simply very tired and it's, it had been around so long that Apple wanted to do something new, and they knew that Pages and iWork and all that was coming, so they simply just kind of went, ah, let's start from scratch, you know. Instead of rewriting this old stuff completely over, let's just start from scratch, give it different names, and have a big launch. Now, do you, do you think that actually, because I think you mentioned a couple of the iLife-type applications and iWork-type applications, do you think there's a good, you know, segregation between those two, and that's something else that went through the thought process because they didn't want to mix what they deemed to be work and what they deemed to be uh, enjoyment. Well, well, AppleWorks was always work-related. There was never the play aspect. Um, although my kids, my my older kids that are 16 now, uh, used to play in Claire's Paint and Claire's Draw or AppleWorks Paint yeah. and Draw. They used to paint in those programs all the time, and they had a great time. But though it was an office suite, so it really didn't have any crossover to, with uh, right. with the iLife suite. Right. I don't know. I, well, I think it was a great idea. I thought that Apple should have kept it because it was basically, you know, Microsoft Office for the Apple computers. And it was free. It came free on every Mac. Yeah. Just like uh, iLife. Well, is. it may. Yeah. I mean, it may it may have been a good a good stepping stone. It still people, works under OS X, by the way. It may, it may just have been a good stepping stone or could still be a good stepping stone for people just to have, you know, some basic functionality. Um, when they get you know, when they get their Macs, because I, I think the iLife suite is, it's much more than just basic functionality. That is a cracking set of, uh, of applications. As is iWork. Yeah. Well, As is the, iWork, but it's real, kind of real a quick, step up, you guys, Do you guys think that iWeb should be moved from iLife to iWork? I think iWeb is dead. I mean, what they do to it in the last update? Nothing? Nothing. Right. They don't even advertise that it's in there anymore. It's an afterthought. iWeb is dead. As is iDVD. Yeah, Those, but iDVD is dead for a different type of reason. Uh, no, it's, Apple's, it's Apple's moving away from optical media, and and the entire industry is moving away from building your own websites offline. It's a say. It's just a progression of the technology. But you think they're going more to a? Um, I don't think Apple wants anything to do with building websites. I mean, when, when you look at iWeb, it, it's. It's a joke compared to what you can get for free 
with uh, WordPress.com and a free blog. No, nope, that's true. I mean, wh- why would you ever want to put yourself through the pain of iWeb? I know you're an iWeb well, nice, pretty nice much expert, it, and, and it has you, its nice points. But Well, if you stay within the, uh, the templates, I don't think there's anything easier to use. But the, the, problem, the problem with that is, and, and I've said this before, is that when you stay in the templates, what you end up with is a website that looks like an a iWeb template. Right. And if you want to do anything creative with it, you know, like I did, and you know, I guess creative can be a relative term in this case, uh, what I did with Mac Parrot, then um, you really have to do a lot of work to make it, to make it work outside yeah. templates. I, I just don't think Apple wants anything to do with the, that business, with building websites. I think they left it in there, um, but I don't think they're ever going to put any more time and effort into it, nor IDVD for exactly the reason you said. But there are needs for it. I gave you a prime example earlier. I've got to build a, a DVD for a customer, a sure. client. So there's a need for it, but... I don't think Apple wants to get into that business or stay into that business. What do you think, Gaz? Or, or at least not make it so much different than what it is right now. Yeah, they may do. They may do minor tweaks in the future. I don't think they'll get rid of it just yet. Uh, either of those applications just yet. Well, but, it doesn't cost uh, them anything to keep it in the bundle. No, no, no. As long as it stays current within the OS. And I yes. honestly, they probably have maybe one or two people tops in the entire company. That has anything to do with iWeb or iDVD at this point, and no one talks to them. No, they, they're they're sitting all by themselves, and yes, they're no. going to be in the new part of uh, Cupertino. Yeah, that's they, right. No. They have desks that face each other. <laughs> Nobody will sit with them at the lunch table. They take their milk. Hey D, hey W, what's going on? Nothing. <laughs> Here, poor, give me hey. your milk, D. Yeah. I, I want to do, drink my do, milk. Do you remember the last time Jobs mentioned us on the keynote? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to think about those yeah, kinds of sh- Shut up. I was up there with the Bondi Blue iMac man. <laughs> so, so let me let me change the tack slightly. So what are you guys hoping for from uh, from Santa this year? Uh, well, you know, this show will go live uh, today, so... By the time I listen to it, I'll already know. I've got a kind of an idea of what I'm getting, but you know what? For me, honestly, I don't even care. It, for no. me, it's all about what I got the kids and my wife. Yeah. And yeah. That's that's really what this holiday is for me. I was I was kind of trying to hint at you know what sort of tech would you like in you know in, yeah in I the know world. I know I just let it <laughs> oh, sail gee, by let my me, head. Let me think about it. What kind of technology would I like? Well, I, we know what you need. <laughs> <laughs> No, I I did buy myself uh, a couple of little gifts, and I bought the family a gift. And this this is this is big news. I haven't told either one of you this yet. I bought an Apple TV. Did you really? Yeah. Awesome. One of the new yeah. ones. Well, and, I would hope well, so. Well, Gaz Gaz wasn't around back when. Um, you least, used to just hate the idea of the Apple TV. Yeah, I thought it was a terrible product. Yeah, I I, I love mine. I just don't use it all that often. But then again, I'm not home all that often either. Yeah. Well, the reason why I like this new one better than the old one is that the old one seemed to try to to be a jack of all trades, but was a master of none. Whereas the new one is basically saying, "Look, I'm here to serve up the iTunes content that you already own and go to a couple of websites outside of there." But that's basically it. And that's it, all and, the other one ever was. Yeah, but it had higher pretensions with the, with the built-in hard drive. 
But at ninety nine dollars, that was that was that's the that's the key right there. I don't think there's any significant difference between the two if you take the iOS out of it, because the new Apple TV is based on the iOS, not the Mac OS. Um, I think the other one, the old Apple TV, was actually ten point four point eight, whereas the new Apple TV is, I think, two point four iOS. Could be wrong, Um, but. Regardless of what it is, it's ninety nine dollars. Exactly. That's the we, key point. Yeah, we. I mean, I. I would if anybody's got any amount of photos and you want to display them, and you you've got your Apple TV hooked up to, to a decent TV screen. That device is just superb for yep. showing off your photographs. It is just. It, yep. There's very little that can beat it. And to be honest with you, when we're not watching TV, the Apple, you know, we'll plug it, we put it onto the Apple TV channel, and, you know, the photographs just basically display. And, it's, you know, you walk in and out of the room, and you'll come across a photograph that you haven't seen for a little while, and, you know, and then you'll sit. And actually, it's a bit of a time waster because you then sit and watch for the next few photographs to come through, and you forget completely what you were doing. So don't use it if you. <laughs> If you don't want to waste your time watching your photographs, but <laughs> it is it is a great display for uh, a great yep. unit. For we, that we up. did that on, with hol- on holidays. We would have the yep. Apple TV yep. set to you know just do slideshows. Yeah, and everybody would just stop in front of the television and watch them. Yeah, it's amazing. We, that's exactly what we use it for amongst uh, amongst watching movies as well. Yeah. I don't, you know, um, the um, other uh, our own media content. Yeah, the other thing I bought for myself. Uh, well, the Apple TV was was you know, it's wrapped under the tree right now, and it says to the Searle family from Santa. Uh, this is one that I bought for myself. Do you remember we were talking about uh, stands, mobile stands, Gaz? Last yes. Last couple of shows, I bought that uh, twelve South Compass, that really nice flat one. Oh right, right. Yeah. So, with so you the got that? One. You, yeah, you bought that for yourself, did you? Yeah, and it it's nice and flat. It, it's like just a little bit thicker than like a typical candy bar. Yeah. And it has this. Well, you can't see it. I'm holding it up in front of the microphone. Can you see it? Can you guys see it? That looks real oh, good. Oh, look at that. That looks nice. <laughs> so it's like just this little, <laughs> this little cloth <laughs> case that you can put it in, that comes with it as well. You know? Excellent. Do you know the story behind Twelve South? No, I don't. The uh, the guy who is running Twelve South was at Griffin Technology, and my understanding is, uh, without getting into detail and who told me this, that knows people at both, he was getting very frustrated that um, Griffin was making a lot of money off of his industrial designs and ideas, and he was getting no credit at all. And then they got to the point where they were kind of resting on their laurels. They weren't letting him cut loose as far as, hey, here's an idea, let's do this. No, no, no. Everything was starting to go through committee. Um, He just got very frustrated quit and started his own company called 12 South because that's the address of where he's at. And uh, that's what the result is. You're seeing just a flurry of activity and creativity from 12 South right now. If you go up to their website and look at their products, they're just amazing looking things up there. And every one of them that we review at MyMac are getting very high ranking uh, rating, I should say. Yeah. Um, The one that looks like an old book that you put your iPad in, uh, my oldest daughter wants one of those for her MacBook, so I got her one, and that was from 12 South. So, oh, the I th- book book? Yeah, the book book. I think this is a great time for creative people 
to make their mark, whether it's yeah. starting your own company and coming up with your own products. That's obviously you got to have a little bit of financial backing to do that. Sure. Um, or it's something as simple as what Scott just did is start your own podcast. It's a perfect time to create your own content, to be the master of your own destiny. And I've always been a big believer of that. And uh, there's no reason not to. I mean, I, you know, if it's content creation as far as a podcast or a video or something like that, yes, um, you're not going to get rich doing it. If it's a company, hey, you never know. You could be the next 12 South. You could be the next newer technology. You could be the next whatever it happens to be. It's a great time to do it, though. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. It, it actually, in times of recession, is always a good time to actually set up a business. It may seem... Uh, contrary to what you think, yeah, yeah. but actually, it's it's very often when the businesses that last longest it is when they they set up and when they start up is in times of uh, of little, as it were. Let let me get right back to your what you asked about the Christmas gifts. Yep. Um, this is Apple related, and I haven't done this before, even though this was an option for years and years. In iPhoto, you can order the photo books, right? Yeah, I decided uh, to do that for my parents this year, and I kind of waited till you know the end of November to even put it together and order it. So I was a little worried that it would show up in time, and I needn't have worried. It it showed up within two weeks. Yeah, uh, I think it cost me fifty six bucks altogether, and that was with shipping and everything. Yeah, I put one together for my mother in law and her husband a couple of years ago, and I was very happy with it. I have to say, it's just the quality is fantastic, it's unbelievable. Yeah, Tracy actually had four calendars made. She took, you know, Guy is is now sixteen, and she took these really weird pictures because I mean, for a couple of years there, you could not take a normal picture of this kid because <laughs> as soon as he knew the camera was up, he would put on some kind of stupid face. So she took all of these these ridiculous pictures that he'd done and and they're themed for the month that that they're with in the calendar that's funny and, yeah and ordered four of these calendars sent one to her mother uh one to larry who would who appreciates things like this larry grinnell my brother um one to her sister and we have one and the one that we got for ourselves it's hysterical the paper though is like nice and glossy and, and well that's just, the thing with the book a great feel to it that's the thing with the book it's a really nice each page feels substantial yeah it's not Nicely cheap bound too yes yeah i actually sent off and did some of the cards the christmas cards those embossed ones did they come out got. well yeah they did come out well because i we, knew you we were did. going to do that you mentioned that on the podcast but yeah yeah, yeah we put we put them together and sent uh sent off the uh uh, for the for the cards, it didn't do a lot because you know I wasn't sure how they'd turn out, and um, sometimes I think doing that sort of stuff is a little bit pretentious. But and we did well, it plus it's also it's also pricey. Yeah, yeah, but we did it for you know uh, close friend, a few close friends, and, uh, yeah. and family mainly. Well, and, I had uh, scanned my parents. I scanned my parents' uh, photo album a, a few years ago, and a lot of the pictures that they had were Polaroids. They were in love with Polaroids. And they, yeah. Polaroids take this the worst pictures. They really do. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, and, and you can only do so much with a Polaroid in Photoshop. And a few of the pictures in the book are from a Polaroid. But I have to say it looks better in the book than the actual Polaroid does. <laughs> Which is, I mean, it's blown up to four times the size of a Polaroid at least. Yeah. And yet it looks 
better there than it does on the actual Polaroid. I well, thought that was probably odd. Probably still not great. No, not still... great. But you know, this, this is the only picture that we have. Some of them were like Christmas when I was eight, sitting on a bicycle yeah. in front of a Christmas tree. It's it's kind of like if Ansel Adams had only worked with a Polaroid. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> So with that, we're going to wrap up the show. We're over an hour. I know it doesn't seem like it. Well, it's because I cheated and put the 10 minutes of David Cohen in there. Um, but we'll be back next week. If uh, either one of you guys are available, we'll be doing it the same time next week. So if you want to do it, we'll be here. I figured as much. <laughs> um, Gaz, open invitation anytime. Super. Anybody, I'll let you know. Yeah, you know, it's it's. It's usually a little bit more focused than what we did today. <laughs> but it's the day before Christmas, and I've been extremely busy, so forgive me. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you check out the MyMac.com podcast. The flagship podcast comes out yeah, every right. single week from MyMac.com. Uh, I know this is called Tech Fan, but it's kind of MyMac Junior podcast. Well, more, um, like, more, more like MyMac Senior. Uh, yeah, well. Because it's, it usually has – you. well, I'm, I'm not – you know, it's got the old guard on it. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. It's like, well, we graduated. <laughs> <laughs> or or we or we went to the old folks' home, one of the two. I'm not sure which. So does that mean Gaz and I are at the kids' table? No, that means you guys are at the at the corporate luncheon and, and we're in the rest area now and <laughs> oh, hold on a second. Someone's I bet that's Gaz. We're not Gaz. Hey, hey. And, it's uh, chat. Okay, I'll come back to the microphone now. Come on in. So, okay. get, hey guys, Chad Perry just walked in the door. Hey, Chad Perry. He can't hear you. He does. He's not on microphone. <laughs> well, he's on microphone. He doesn't have earphones. Uh, he doesn't have headphones. Merry on. Christmas, guy and guys. <laughs> <laughs> you should get Chad. Uh, I hear music. He's got a good voice for it. So uh, here, I'll see if I can do a little goofy thing with the headphones like this. Got it. Hi, Chad Perry. Hey, Tim. How's it going? Hey, it's going. So hey, you're, you're here to do the hey, uh, the geekiest Chad. show ever, which we're going to record after I get done with this show. Oh, yeah. So you want to tell the folks a little bit about geekiest show ever? Well, basically, we talk about all things geeky. So whatever comes to our mind, whether it's movies, games, television, um, social stuff, whatever we can think of, we throw out there. And uh, that's pretty much the GSE. Backpacking. Well, backpacking is not a really, really a geek thing. Gardening can be a geek thing depending on what you're trying to grow. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if it's a geeky topic, we'll throw it out there. So, how are you guys been? Doing great, mostly. I've got two teenage boys that are making me insane. But you know, I made my parents insane. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes so they make like me insane, don't they, guy? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh, sweet revenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right now my you know both both my parents passed away a number of years ago, but I'm sure they're looking down from heaven and just laughing hysterically. Yeah, well, you know, you named one of them after you, so what'd you expect? So. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever gone into that on the show. That actually was not my idea. I I didn't want to name uh, my son Guy, Guy Guy. I didn't want to have a Guy Junior. Yeah, but for various reasons that would take way too long to explain right now, um, I I gave in on it. Yeah. I'm going to let you guys wrap up the show because I don't have headphones on. So, Chad, no, you leave them on, Chad. You wrap up the show. Tell them we're going to do a Geekiest Show Ever number 40, so they can check that out. Well, all right, then. For my part, I will say that GSC number 40 will be recorded after this and uh, will be posted 
and you can get it to it from the MyMac.com website. We have no website. idea what we're going to talk about yet. No, we don't. Because the one thing <laughs> we were going to... Okay. That's how we started this show, The too. one thing we were going to talk about, we never did, so... Just what, because. What was the thing? We were going to go see Tron. Re, re, Tron. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hey, Gaz, doesn't that sound like the last MyMac show? It does a bit. <laughs> yeah, we, had, we had like three topics laid out that we were going to talk about, and then we started talking to Allison, and we didn't get to a damn one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Cool stuff. Yeah, but it was fun. Well, I'll let you guys wrap up then. All right, well, then this is Guy. And this is Gaz signing off. For the geekiest show ever, except it's not no, the geekiest it's show. Not, it's, it's tech fans. It's tech fans. It's tech fans. Oh, uh, it's a blonde Florida moment. Thank you all very much. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you all next week on the MyMac.com podcast. <laughs>